Listen, there's a great work to be done. As soon as you win this court battle, you must deliver this message. Take advantage of this opportunity and declare a powerful message to this world. He expects more of us. He believes we can do more. Who's going to stop Christ? Who's going to stop Christ from getting this work done? This is Behind the Work. Welcome to Behind the Work. I'm Grant Turgeon. The prophet Isaiah had a remarkable attitude. When God asked the question, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Isaiah replied simply, here am I, send me. That's Isaiah chapter 6 verse 8. Now, of course, at first in this chapter, Isaiah is overwhelmed by the angels surrounding him. It's it's quite the picture here in this chapter. And he said he was a man of unclean lips. So that could mean a variety of things regarding speech. He didn't think his level of speech was up to God's standard. He didn't think he could be used by God to deliver God's warning message. And yet, eventually, in a matter of a few more verses, Isaiah changed his attitude. He he made no more excuses, and he just said, Here am I, send me. That is the attitude that God wants from all of us as we do his work today. It's what he wants from every member of the Philadelphia Church of God and everyone else who is helping. Because it really does make a work-shaking impact when we all say, here am I, send me. Back in 2014, Christopher Eames, one of our staff members who specializes in Jerusalem archaeology, wrote an article titled Send Me. You can find that at our website, pcg.church. And he wrote about his experience coming to Herbert W. Armstrong College here in Edmond, Oklahoma, and all the times where God pulled him out of his comfort zone. And in fact, partway through college, he was asked to be an assistant supervisor on the Jerusalem dig for the upcoming season, was just 20 years old, and was leading about 15 people on a dig site. He had no degree, and yet he was leading people who had studied archaeology in university. Sometimes God calls us to do things that we would have never imagined doing. We would have never expected certain jobs that God puts in front of us. But notice what he said. This was back when he was an Armstrong College student. Christopher Eames said, but there is no 
argument here at college. If you are given something to do, you just do it and trust God to fill in the gaps. Then he continues, that's what it was all about for me. Just a lot of prayer, whether assistant supervisor on the dig or student body president, whatever it was, it was simply a matter of taking it to God, knowing that he didn't call me to fail, trusting that he knew more than me and understanding that he is working out his great plan. God does not want to hear excuses. He wants people who are totally 100% dedicated to serving him. Even if we feel like the job we're given to do is outside our area of expertise, God gives us these jobs for a reason. Christopher Eames at the end of this article, send me wrote about Isaiah He said Isaiah had an awesome reaction to God's calling. And he said, here was a man who instantly responded and was used powerfully by God throughout his life. We don't know exactly how old he was at this point in time, but all indications are that he was fairly young. And even into his old age, he continued to warn and served as a prophet during the reigns of five successive kings. No one knows how old he was when he died. We do know that he was an elderly man by the time Hezekiah's son Manasseh became king. His early dedication to God carried throughout his entire life. Be like Isaiah. Don't worry about your age. Don't let your youthfulness be a burden to you or God. God works wonders through young people if they let him. Pray to God and say, here am I, send me. Now this applies not just to young people, but to anyone. We could make any number of excuses to deny God's calling. That we're too young that we're too old, that we have too many problems here or there, that we just don't know enough about a particular area and therefore couldn't complete the task. God doesn't want to hear any of that. Now, we do have an amazing, inspiring song available at pcg.church. It's part of our musical Undefeated, the story of Isaiah and Hezekiah. This song is titled, Here Am I. We'll play that now. The same year that our King Uzziah died, I saw the eternal enthroned on high, a breathtaking vision, supremely sublime and splendid. With glorious garments this bee was clothed From heaven the hem of his skirt overflowed And into the temple these priestly robes descended Now standing above this magnificent chair The bright shining seraphim ministered there A fiery sight under which was this mercy seat framed 
of their six wings. Over their faces were two, a pair covered their feet, and with two wings they flew, and one to another these luminous angels exclaimed, Spectacular sweet smelling smoke. I replied, Woe is me, for I am undone. I have unclean lips and an impure tongue, and I've seen the Lord, so his graciousness I must invoke. Holy, said that all my transgressions were purged. My sins, once as crimson, were now made as white as the snow. Then I heard the Eternal inquire from his throne, Whom shall I send and for us who shall go? And I, Isaiah, uttered this eager plea. Here am I. Send me. Here am I, here am I, from this calling I replied. I will not draw back, I will volunteer, I will go where I'm required. Here am I, here am I. God gave me the tongue and the ear of the learned, that I might proclaim an encouraging word, a word fitly spoken to those who are weary and faint. Here am I to hear your complaint. Here am I, here am I, 
from no mission will I hide. I will sign my name, I will walk by faith, I will step with valiant stride. Here am I, here am That was the song, Here Am I, from our musical, Undefeated, the story of Isaiah and Hezekiah. You can hear the entire soundtrack at pcg.church. So, we understand that God expects a lot from his followers, from his people, He calls us and he pushes us to do things that, quite frankly, we feel completely inadequate to accomplish. And yet, we have to follow through. We have to step up. That's how the work is propelled forward. By people who are eager. By people who are raising their hands and jumping up and down, hoping for God to call on them. Now, we can either have that mindset, (laughs) or we can have it where God calls on us as we try to sneak to the back of the crowd and hide. Either way, the call is going to come at some point, and it's just a matter of, are we excited Are we getting ready for that call? Whatever the job might be. God will use us in incredible ways if we just let him do it. And it's all preparation for a glorious future where we'll be teaching all mankind. But in order to be ready for the call when it comes, we have to be making some pretty big changes in our lives. It is absolutely vital that we are always drawing closer to God, always making improvements. Back in February 2014, Mr. Cal Culpepper wrote an article titled Three Ways to Improve as a Male Christian Leader. Now, this has some important instruction for women as well as children, and of course, as well as Men, God needs all of us, every age group, every walk of life, both genders. But this article here focuses on the men because the spirit force opposing this work is going to attack men most of all. He wants to overthrow our families Because our families are the core support of God's work. Our families are a type of the God family. 
We are trying to replicate that family within our homes. So Satan tries to tear that apart. He tries to reverse our God-given roles. He tries to make us essentially hide from those responsibilities. We have these responsibilities in our personal lives, in our families. And then as we get those things right, more responsibilities in our congregations and in God's work. And we have to be constantly working toward being ready for God's call. No excuses, no hiding, just stepping up and being ready. Like the prophet Isaiah said, here am I, send me. Mr. Culpepper in this article writes about strong male leadership being absent from our nations today. Isn't that the case? Don't we have a bunch of adults scrambling around, completely unprepared, completely unable to plan two steps ahead, thinking illogically like small children, having the emotional control of infants, Mr. Culpepper wrote, our our world is full of children without fathers and mothers without husbands. In far too many cases, if fathers are around, they aren't leading correctly or they are mentally absent, neglecting their responsibilities. And he's talking about this prophecy in Isaiah 3, an end time prophecy of God taking away the leadership in our nations. It's a curse on our nations for our sins over the centuries. We have forgotten God in America today. And you think God is just going to sit there and take that? Mr. Culpepper writes, the Philadelphia Church of God is a spiritual nation and it needs great leaders. God's spiritual nation needs a whole pack of people shouting out, here am I, send me. Now, maybe not literally shouting out. God sees what we do in secret. We don't have to make a scene about it, but that should be our eagerness when it comes to God's call, when it comes to God looking for someone to fill a role or do a job to move the work forward. We should have been preparing in solitude, in our own lives, in our own families, at home, in private, where God sees all of it anyway. And then he will say, you know what? He has been faithful in these smaller things. Let me give him a little bit more to do. God is looking for people who are just quietly, eagerly getting ready for the next responsibility when it comes. 1 Peter 2 verse 9 talks about God's church being a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, 
And we really are priests in training. People who will teach God's law to millions and billions of people. Should we really flee from opportunities to teach today? To step up and speak or lead when called upon today? If that's what we're going to be doing for all eternity anyway? These responsibilities today are just a small type of that future. Why not embrace it and make the most of it? Mr. Culpepper says just that. Fathers and husbands should embrace their role as a leader, provider, and protector. Men should ask God for the help they need to embrace the role of leadership. True masculinity is the evidence of embracing God's role for men in thought, speech, and action. He references Ephesians 5 verse 21, where it says husbands and wives should submit to one another. And he writes, a good husband will listen to his wife for the perspective and counsel she offers, but listening to a woman and being led by a woman are two different things. Do you listen to your wife when she presents ideas, weigh them and make the final decision? Or do you allow her to decide? Now, again, we all have different roles within our families, within the church, within God's work. And we need to stay within those roles and fulfill them to the very maximum. And that's how God can choose to use us even more. Mr. Culpepper writes, a woman's spiritual potential is just as great as a man's. It is important for husbands to listen to their wives and work with them so their prayers are not hindered. He's referring to 1 Peter 3, verse 7. He writes, God holds the men accountable. And later on, he writes, every man must learn to work hard for a paycheck and then go home and work hard to love his family. It's not a passive job. <laughs> being a husband, being a father, being a wife, being a mother. Even being a child, fulfilling that role properly. These are all active jobs. And God is watching. And God is excited to provide tremendous opportunities to any of us if we will just do what we need to do. Put our head down, work hard, Get the job done. And by that conduct, we're saying, here am I, send me. Now, it is hard to get ready for more responsibilities. We do have to be building God's character or letting him build his character in us. And that's how we can receive more opportunities. But that's a pretty hard job. That's pretty complicated sometimes. Romans 6 verse 6 talks about burying the old man. That's burying the old part of ourselves. The carnal way of doing things. And taking on God's thinking, his mind. But burying ourselves, that doesn't sound pleasant. It's a hard thing. But it must be done. 
2 Timothy 2, verse 3 says, You therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. That is part of the Christian life. That is part of what we must do to make ourselves available to God for more responsibility. We have to endure hardness to conquer our weaknesses, our sins, become more like God so he can trust us more in this life and the next. God is looking for people who will stand up and say, here am I, send me. Thanks so much for listening today. I'm Grant Turgeon. This has been Behind the Work. You've been listening to Behind the Work. Email your thoughts to comments at kpcg.fm. Listen for a new episode each Monday at 12 p.m. Central Time.